Welcome to Woven, Stories of Feminine Becoming. Join us to listen to the stories of fascinating women of all backgrounds, places, and ages who have been on their own hero's journey, who have transformed and returned with a fire their own. May these conversations be an invitation for you to listen to your own yearning, explore the path less traveled, and discover that on it, even if unique, we are never truly alone. This is an ode to your soul and to the divine feminine. I am honored to be here with you today. I'm Sarah Basha, your host, an astrologer, mentor, and artist, weaving together personal stories with collective meaning. Tapping into archetypal energy of planets and story, I seek to guide you to listen. Listen to your intuition and craft ritual to find your magic. Welcome to our virtual fire pit. Hello and welcome, Satsuki, to Woven, this little corner of ours, the sacred fire pit. Welcome and thank you for being here. This is not the first time that we sit together. This is actually the second time. I recorded the very first episode of Woven was with, with you now six plus months ago. And I was very nervous and we talked for quite some time. My promise was to never edit the podcast, but listening to my intuition, it never was the right time to release it. I kept hearing not now, not now. And then I heard it's coming up like now. So I told you about it. And then uh, the podcast has evolved and changed. And there's one important question that I ask everyone that we never addressed in our first kind of like draft run. So this is our second run. And what's interesting is that you have a lot of Gemini energy and this will be coming out for the Gemini season. And Gemini is about like do, doing things twice and being curious and being the teacher, student, and also the duality. And so here we are with two episodes in one uh, one imperfect, I hope the second one more perfect, but both of them a gift to hear your voice and to speak to you. So the question that we never asked previously was, and it's a deep one, but is the really the raison d'être for this podcast, because it is what I heard Goddess speak to me, is dearest Satsuki, what is in this moment your truth? Oh, so, and thank you again for bringing me on second time. <laughs> um, I loved our conversation. I can't believe it's already been six months since then. Um, but to answer your question, I think the truth, my truth in this moment is, I think twofold, inclusivity and representation. And I feel that after becoming a mother, to my daughter, it's been increasingly important for me, seeing my aging parents, mm. um, seeing other people in um, just living different life, life phases, I would say. Mm -hmm. And there are some phases, I think, that are easily celebrated and focused on. There's others that are forgotten about and not even given a second thought about. And I think it's also cultural as well, but I feel that uh, I feel strongly um, that my truth is within including all types of people in all walks of life and illuminating 
the importance of not only acceptance, but like really harnessing the power within each of our life phases. Cause I feel that each one uh, shares different gifts with us. And um, I think the parts that sadden me when we are not inclusive and kind of forget is that we all go through these phases. You know, we're all young at one point, we're all middle-aged at one point, we are all you know, elderly at one point, and we all pass on at some point. Mm. Um, but in a sense, I feel that when we are able to include all of that, it gives us a fuller picture of where we're headed, where we've been, where we are now. And a lot of times during like even my sessions with people, spiritual sessions, the question that I get asked a lot is like, what's my life purpose? What am I meant to do? And I feel that all of us intuitively know in a way, it's just that maybe we haven't had a chance to like lock into it. Yeah. But I also think that there's hints within all of our life cycles, our life paths, past, present and future. And so that's why I feel that inclusivity is important so that we're able to see the lives of other people to be able to understand that it's all normal. Everything that we experience in our life is normal. It can be us. It's not them, but mm -hmm. it's all of us. Um, and that I feel like would bring a lot more peace to people, peace in people's hearts, you know, in our souls to know that whatever we're experiencing, there is somebody that has gone through that. And although it might not be the same, at least we can get some hints on how we can overcome our obstacles in that time. So I think that's, you know, one truth that I feel very strongly about and the inclusivity. And I feel like that ties in with the idea of um, being kind of like this beacon of, I don't want to say light, because I feel like that might sound very godly, not like that, but, <laughs> but in a sense, having representation, I think, especially like in the gray zones, I feel like there's not enough of that in our current society. I, I'm sure there was in many, um, many cycles of our lifetimes, you know, mm -hmm. on Earth's lifetimes. But as of right now, it's very black and white. You know, it's either you do this, you do that. You are this, you are that. But all of us are, we're all kind of on this like middle, you know, somewhere in the middle. And there's not much of that shown i think it's because as humans we, we want to feel at ease by compartmentalizing things like we know where we're headed labels you know but that also creates a lot of anxiety i feel like because we might not feel like oh we don't fit into this category are we this are we this but it's like no maybe you're this and this and that yeah. and that you know and so but if we have representation of people who are this this and this then we again we feel included in that conversation we don't feel like oh we don't we can't fit into any of these so does that mean that we don't exist it's like no it's just that we don't talk about it enough there's not enough of that out there so for example with my daughter I'm very very strongly for her meeting all types of women all types of lives you know living all kinds of things and I want her to be able to see that so that she can make a decision for herself and see like oh mom like mama I know this person does this. I'm interested in this, but that too. And this person, it's like, oh, well, you know what? Those three things, I know this person that does all three. It's like, you should go check her out or him out, you know? And even that, I feel like it's very fluid, not him or her, but them, like mm. that individual, 
and Mm -hmm. however they express themselves. You know, I want her to have that much fluidity in her identity to really have the space to follow what she feels is her truth um, and not be boggled down by like, oh, you know, I have to like adhere to like this label or that, you know. And so I feel that's why this whole idea of like inclusivity and also representation is so important and is my truth right now because without that, a lot of people I think are left behind or in kind of in the shadows, things that are um, supposedly strange or weird. It's like, not really. I'm sure there's many, many people who identify with that. It's just that we haven't given that space Space, for that. Yeah. You know, and so I want more of that so that the next generation coming up, like for, you know, our children and their children, that they'll feel more spacious and open to be able to be who they truly are and not have to worry about, um, kind of baseline slots that they need to like fit into in order to be a part of this world. It's like, no, uh, you should be who you truly are and not feel afraid um, about it or ashamed or questioning. It's like, no, you should be celebrating. You should be curious and it should bring you a lot of joy in like really burrowing into that truth inside yourself because I feel like that unlocks our gifts and our talents and our purpose and all these questions that we all have, like, what, what am I meant to do? It's like, I feel like we all would know a lot more um, strongly and intuitively. Yeah. If we're able to kind of tap into that easier. Mm, I love that. You always have so many, and please, if you're listening to this, the next part is the whole conversation. And I listen to you and I want to ask more questions, but I want to honor that we agreed that we would asked two questions in the you know spirit of Gemini and so uh, there's this first question thank you for answering it so honestly the second one really is more of a housekeeping one is that in the end of the conversation that we had several months ago you were speaking of releasing a new body of work and the ways that people could connect with you so now in 2023 how can people connect with you and what is it that you might want to amplify and let us know about so right now uh, I'm still I think in the same rhythm if, as far as producing artwork where I, I like to um, be at one with um, the seasons I feel like that's just such a core um, part of my practice and so I like to release artwork spring summer fall winter um, and so right now I'm working towards a summer release which would be towards the end of summer I think it's probably going to be August or so um, and so I'm continuing down that path. I don't know where it'll lead me, but I, I feel like that's just a very good rhythm um, for my creativity. Uh, and then as far as the spiritual offerings, um, I've aside from one-on-one sessions with people, energy readings, and also creating um, omamori amulets, um, protection paintings for people and their energies. I've also started to expand into offering um, spiritual consulting guidance. And so what that would look like is very different for each individual situation. But for example, if it's like a company, I would go in to their team and I would first meet and kind of get a sense of the overall dynamic of the team. What parts are their strengths? What parts need um, kind of a little bit more tuning up? And then I would prescribe a particular um, session with the team um, to kind of help balance energies out. For some teams, it's just more of like a uh, turning up, you know, other some some of the people's like energy senses, sources. So I've been doing that as well. Um, it's kind of a new offering. And so those are some of the things that are coming up 
for myself. So exciting. That's <laughs> I'm thrilled. You see, if we hadn't had the second go at this, people wouldn't know that you are birthing such a beautiful offering. Um, that is very expensive. I think it's really in line with this new year that is asking us all to up level. So you are helping others up level and connect. That's such a beautiful, beautiful offering. Thank you. So Satsuki, um, thank you again. And so unedited people can continue to listen to this conversation and the one we had several months ago. Enjoy and we'll see you in a minute. Welcome Satsuki. It is such an honor and a joy for me to sit with you, but also to share your voice with the people coming into Woven Stories of Feminine Becoming, this podcast where we explore everyone's journey into tapping into their intuition, finding by way of this their own path and their own authentic voice. You're someone that I followed many, many years ago as an artist. And when my father passed away, you came to me in meditation and this started a conversation between us um, that was unusual and took many, many months, if not years, because now it's been seven years to weave into this deep um, connection. And so I'm really um, thrilled to be able to share some of your magic with the uh, listeners. Welcome, Satsuki. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm truly honored and I feel blessed. And if anything, uh, I just feel like uh, I don't come across people uh, often that I feel uh, instantaneously curious and drawn towards. And so I still do remember the message that I received from you. And um, immediately I thought, oh, I, I'm, I'm wonder. I wonder about Sarah and I want to know more about her. And so I'm just so thankful that um, our paths have crossed and that, you know, we've continued to communicate, share, and just um, kind of be in each other's lives um, when timing comes together. Oh, thank you. That's very sweet of you. <laughs> so as I said, before we push record, some people may not have the joy to know who you are. So we'll start with that. Like, who are you? Where are you from? And perhaps what it is that you do, and then we'll go into the, you know, the meat of what it is that you do, because you do more than sometimes what comes across at first. Sure. So I am a Japanese American. I was born and raised in Los Angeles. Both of my parents are from Japan. And uh, I have gone through many paths, many iterations of my quote unquote self. And I find that a lot of creatives or people who are sensitives, um, who I've had the chance to speak with, also have had similar paths where they've tried on almost uh, like different outfits in a way and trying to figure out what their calling is. And the interesting thing is because as, as spirits and beings, you know, we're so multifaceted that a lot of times it's not just one thing that fits us, but it's a multitude of things combined together through our life experiences. And as we get older, that it becomes this, how do I say it? this uh, kind of combination of different paths, like you kind of mentioned, woven into you know one thing that is our own. So as of right now, uh, up until this point, I've been um, a waitress. I've been a bank teller. Mm -hmm. I've been a piano teacher. I've been, 
um, a cashier at a supermarket. I've um, done music, but that was a big part of my background in my early 20s. Uh, I wanted to be a singer songwriter, so I went to school for that. Uh, I worked at a record label for a while, learned the ins and outs of the business there. Uh, and after that, I decided to pursue visual arts. And so I explored fashion design, interior design. I mm. even dabbled a little bit in composition, music composition. Um, and all these things led me back to art school uh, in my late 20s. And I've always loved visual arts uh, ever since I can remember. And so uh, going back to art school was just this pure uh, reconnect back to I think the core of who I was and how I feel most comfortable in exp expressing myself in the world um, and so through that uh, education I came out with a graphic design degree so I, I did graphic design um, for a while then I moved into product design and then I went into creative consulting and then I was an influencer for a while and uh, so all these things combined uh, led me to do more creative work but I think at the same time it was very draining for me because I was so caught up in and this is before my whole spiritual I don't want to say the awakening but it's almost like reconnecting back to my spiritual self mm -hmm. but it was just constantly running after uh, the idea of what success meant what people expected of me what I expected of myself and so I burned out and I was out of commission for about two and a half years. And during that time, it was an exploration of, because no one knew about my health issues. And so it was just this exploration of um, like, what am I doing with my life? Does this mean anything? Why am I even putting so much pressure on myself? Uh, and there was a lot of anger that I had to work through, um, a lot a, of self uh, how do I say almost like self-sacrificing mm -hmm. um, in order to please others mm -hmm. and uh, through guidance from uh, different doctors and I went through western and eastern medicine I, I, I saw different specialists no one could give me answers and I ended up uh, seeing a psychologist who recommended that I look into books as a way of an end, like a gateway into mm -hmm. what it is that I'm disconnecting from. Mm -hmm. And he has said that his, his specialty is, is um, just clinical psychology. So he has no education or experience with spiritual matters, but he did say that, you know, he felt that my health issues and my psychological disconnect was spiritual and not mm -hmm. religion mm -hmm. and to explore that and see where it takes me. And so I started to, uh, and his, his suggestion was very simple. He's like, just maybe pick up a book that calls out to you anything. Mm -hmm. So that for about two and a half years, it was um, really digging into that and figuring out the language behind my identity spiritually, what I had known all this time since I was younger, but I couldn't really put into words mm -hmm. my experiences and how old are you uh, when this happens uh, okay. this happened when I was 31 okay mm -hmm. and I'm 41 currently so about mm -hmm. 10 years ago and when I came out of this whole just uh, reconnecting and everything started making sense to me and um 
like I was, you know, why I was seeing colors, why I would able to predict um, people's possible futures or why just everything that I knew since I was younger that I had to diminish or even kind of hide under the rug mm -hmm. in order to function normally in the world um, all made sense. And so after I figured it out um, in a way that made sense to me, I came out to my parents and I shared with them what I had known uh, all my life, but I couldn't really articulate. Um, and so I think by coming out, being more honest with myself, really reconnecting back to my true um, like inner soul, I started to hear voices uh, to paint. Mm -hmm. And it took a long time to accept that because it's not my background. I have never studied it professionally or at school mm -hmm. and you know long story short I've I started painting in 2014 uh, and from there it's just been I've tried other things and I continue to explore other avenues but it's still the backbone of my creative expression is painting um, and that seems to be the path that continues to call to me and makes me feel very uh, whole and Anytime I start drifting, mm. I always feel like I need to go back to painting mm. and it always brings me back home. Oh, so that's, that's, that's in a nutshell. <laughs> it's interesting that you, I didn't know about the music and it makes so much sense because for anyone who doesn't know your work, I, I for me, it's very musical and I don't have synesthesia or anything, but it really is um, a oddity like it's an auditive experience although it's a visual one it feels a lot like music but in painted form so mm -hmm. you know you I mean I think you use music uh, when you work right and it's kind of a yes. meditative practice it really shows mm -hmm. in the in the in, and by the way in the links below of the podcast is always a link so people can go and see your work when they because they don't have video on this yet so uh, yeah, it's a, it's a very musical experience to, to, and meditative also, your work. Thank you. So you said that you knew this all along, and I do remember the story of having your you know, health issue and being really burnt out, like a, it was actually as if you'd been unplugged and bedridden, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes. For two years. And, but you say that you knew before that you were like this. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What did, how did that like, what was that like? Because I mean, in, in all transparency, we have had this conversation a lot because I have a hypersensitive child and I have in becoming a mother witnessed his gifts. And I think attuned to my own by nurturing his, because it's easier for me to love someone else than to love myself. <laughs> and so mm -hmm. we've had this conversation as, as mothers where you've given me the child perspective on, you know, what, what would someone who is hypersensitive love from their caregiver, you know, but what was that like as a, as a child uh, or as someone who, when you were, you know, attuned to those things or were you never attuned, but just knew that that was the way you were and then cut it off? I, I, I just thought everybody was like this, you know, when you're younger, you don't, there's no discernment between you and the other you just assume you know mm -hmm. that the way that you see the world is just that's how it is and so for me I I always 
saw the world in um it's almost like if i were to describe it now it's not such a 2d world where it's just physical but i can see almost like beyond or smell beyond so i do remember as a child i would talk to my um other little friends and mm-hmm. you know i tell them about how i smell the fall coming um and i i would describe what that's like or um i can sense like the when the leaves are falling from the trees um almost like the the rhythmical patterns of them and i would kind of describe like you know the color the leaves changing color and when they're falling like what that feels like or sounds like not mm. the crunching of the leaves but the actual um mm-hmm. how do i say it like uh, yeah like the experience of the leaves literally falling or um i would sense uh, other people's sorrow and grief and even happiness but most a lot of times it was more of like the difficult emotions i would sense very strongly and i would speak up about it um not in a way that i'm calling anybody out but it was just a matter of fact you know so my mother's friend i would say like oh why is so and so going through this and you know my 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 friends my mom's friend would look at me thinking what how does she know that and <laughs> and then my mom would feel very awkward and so she just hushed me like shh you know like don't like don't say things like that and i'm kind of sitting there like why not like isn't that doesn't everybody know this you know and um because I, again i didn't think it's good or bad it's just stating a fact you know mm-hmm. very neutral mm-hmm. uh and more most inquisitive like mm-hmm. why you know mm-hmm. so um all these things i was sense and feel and get these strange reactions from people. And I think I slowly started to piece together thinking, oh, so other people don't see it like mm. this. And that's when I started to feel the shame or the um, like disconnect from people or not being able to feel that I can get close to other people without being ridiculed or um, judged, you know, and all these different things started to take precedent over um my ability to just be mm-hmm. and so i i feel that um the way that i experienced the world was just uh it was so colorful it was so um i if i look think about now it's like very magical and i had to shut all that down and be really um kind of like in the physical world mm-hmm. but to be honest for those who are sensitive it's hard to see it like that because you can't help but see beyond and so when it's almost as if you have to really try hard to shut it off even mm-hmm. though you can't or pretend to not look at it or and it gets really tiring actually mm-hmm. to have to function like that mm-hmm. um because you're always in fear of being found out almost mm-hmm. and tiptoeing around and so um mm, and how do you manage yeah. the, so you, you cut that off, but I found mm-hmm. when I had my spiritual, you know, I'll call it spiritual awakening. I also mm-hmm. had um, kind of the sensorial overload and I was actually going through a burnout myself in my, um, yeah, early, late twenties. That's why mm-hmm. I was interested about your age because Saturn in astrology comes in and gives mm-hmm. us this kind of crisis of existence, usually around, you know, the late twenties, early thirties. And Mm. so, but I remember feeling just sensorially overwhelmed. Like it was like, can you turn it off? Like I I didn't, Mm. I don't, I didn't want this. Like, why is this happening to me? 
um, now I realize it was to help me on my healing path of, mm-hmm. and at the time of a broken heart. But, you know, how, do you, how did you manage or how do you manage that beyond the fact of like shutting it off? Um, you know, how do you function in a world that is so insensitive in a way when you mm-hmm. are sensitive? Mm, it's taken me a long time and I can't say I, f- I fully can manage it. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it comes out in like anxiety attacks when I don't, I think when it's just overload, mm-hmm. but I've learned, uh, or I think the biggest thing for me was just acceptance of that aspect of myself, I think really helped a lot where, uh, I just, I, that's just the way that I am. And, I'm not apologetic about it anymore or try to kind of, you know, kind of dance around the subject, but you know, that, um, so for example, you know, even with my daughter, um, I get overloaded with something as simple as I'll be listening to a podcast while doing dishes. That's already for me too, uh, oral, you know, sensory sounds coming in. And then Mm -hmm. visually I'm having to keep track of, you know, my daughter and like what's going on in the house. And then if she comes to me and she'll start talking, that's already three, four things starting to pile on. And that's already too much. So then I have to shut off the podcast. I have to stop washing dishes and I have to focus on what she's saying. Otherwise I can already feel my brain starting to sizzle a little bit. Like mm-hmm. literally I'll feel it tingling. Yeah. So um, things like that in the everyday where I've learned to um, focus when I need to, um, other times I just kind of flow with whatever's happening. So, um, because I know I'm sensory sensitive to sensory and all these things around me, um, I've learned to kind of just, how do I say it? Like, uh, so when you're sensitive, everything comes in at one time, right? So when I say <laughs> yeah. I'm just flowing of everything, yeah. it's almost like I take a backseat and just let everything <laughs> like wash over me. <laughs> like, it's just kind of like, <laughs> and then, and, um, and when the tide kind of pulls away and I'm I'm left with whatever it was then at that moment I start to kind of pick pick myself up and put the pieces because some honestly as a mother sometimes you just can't um you know pick and choose what's going to come at you you just kind of have to go like okay just like hit me yeah. now with everything and then <laughs> I will deal with it later yeah <laughs> the aftermath so um I've also before I wasn't able to do that but I think now I'm able to let go and just um almost like I, I think I just tune into myself mm-hmm. and like, whether it's my breathing or it's just some part of myself where I feel grounded and then the, let the chaos happen. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll just be holding on to that inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, and ke- most of the time it's breathing. I think that's a big one for me. It's just kind of keeping my breath and just staying focused on my breath um, while things are happening mm-hmm. has helped a lot, but um I don't know if I would say I've gotten over it or that I've been able to maneuver it that I don't know if I would ever be able to honestly even if I turn like 80 years old I still feel like I'll be I'll be like this mm-hmm. I can hear Lady yeah. Gaga that song you know born like this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we should add it on the, the songs for this episode. now you speak about tuning in and I watched you not so long ago because you're very generous with your uh, interactions with people, especially on Instagram. But even if I think back to that first letter that I reached out, I had no idea why I was writing to you. 
but I was like, okay, I need to write to her. And I thought it, I thought it was because uh, I was doing a sabbatical and engaging in art. Uh, you know, I was doing six months art residency in this residency called Artist uh, the Art Residency in Motherhood, which uh, Lenka Clayton created for mothers who want to explore their creativity or just even affirm artists because the residencies aren't available for families and for mothers. And so she created this at-home residency. And it was just really an amazing community, an amazing thing. And I think I was just like, okay, so I'm doing this thing. I don't consider myself an artist, but I'm pretending, you know, imposter syndrome. And Satsuki is a really established, you know, intuitive artist. Maybe this is why I'm connecting. And later I had thought that maybe it was because my father passed away and he had a message for me. And this is maybe why, you know, I was reading. And I had like no idea, but you were just like, well, let's just find out. Let's, you know, that inquisitive mind that you describe that you have, I experienced that with you. You're just like, just take notes and we'll see. Like, we'll just keep chatting. And then there was a point where it was like, you were asking me questions about motherhood and, you know, so because you became mother later, but um where was I going with this uh, this thought oh yes about the the tuning in and the inquisitive how do you I watched you tune in on Instagram live and answer people's questions about paint and then the next minute give this I think you call it the is it the Mori reading like where you tap into people's energy oh yes the Miru yeah Miru <laughs> sorry the, and so you you gave these kind of spontaneous Miru readings on Instagram and I was observing how you were so quickly tuning in, even in this space that isn't very, you know, conducive to, to tapping in, yet you were really like tuned in. So how does one, because this is also some of this podcast is helping people realize that everyone is intuitive mm-hmm. and that we maybe cut this off over time conditioning, but also that it looks so different. There's so many ways to be tuned in that in hearing your experience of it, maybe they realize, well, oh, actually, I'm like this too. So how do you tune in and what does it look like? And how do you nurture that so that you know that you're tuning in? Mm, um, I've, I've received this question actually quite a bit. Um, so so as far as tuning in to people, um, it's it's taken time to really kind of it's almost like an art, I would say, where, you know, with anything, it just takes time and practice, you know, mm-hmm. um, fine tuning things, trying things, seeing if it works. And, and I, and I, from what I've understood is everybody tunes in in different ways, even mm-hmm. though you could be doing the same thing, like under the same umbrella. So for example, I energy read, but everybody reads in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, so for myself, the way that it works is I'm at the point now where I, all I really need is a person's name. Um, and it's almost as if I, I call it like tuning into someone's radio station. So if I can get their birth name, because, um, the birth name has a certain resonance to it, energetic resonance that is attached to that person's being. And so I don't even have to know anything about that person, but as long as I could hear and say their name or read it, um, I'm already tuning into them. Um, and the way that it feels like as, is as if, uh, So if I'm just sitting here talking to someone, I'm not really, there's nothing really coming into my, oh no, there is, there is, but it's very 
uh, general. So yeah, like, not- for example, yeah, it's just, I'm, you know, I'm just like other people will feel it too. You know, when you're sitting with someone having coffee, there's just certain feelings that you get about the person you know are they angry you know yeah a vibe so I do you know that's that's kind of how it is but when I start to tune into someone I I it literally feels like I'm going into like a vacuum or like like I'm going inside somewhere and once I'm tuned in uh, I start to get information I call them downloads but uh, I start to get information about that person and it's as if um, how do I describe it it's almost as if um oh so for example if we are reading a book by you know and uh when we are imagining these characters that are being told by the author and we start to imagine how these characters look and what what other parts of their lives do they have and we start to fill in the blanks beyond just the lines so that's kind of like for me too when I'm tuning into someone I start to download these uh kind of stories about them or messages and uh, a lot of times it can be literal. Sometimes it's uh, symbolic. So, for example, if I see, let's say, a man, um, a very particular particular man come up for someone, and I'll start to say, like, oh, you know, I see a man come up, um, and then I'll describe the feeling I'm getting when I'm looking at this man or tuning in, like, oh, you know, he feels like that um, it's someone close to you, uh, not necessarily your father, but maybe it's your brother. And so I'm like sharing what I'm sensing Mm -hmm. and then usually the other person because I don't know anything about the person I'm just sharing whatever I'm feeling so usually the other person will let me know like oh that's about so and so it's like okay good because the most important thing I think for reading is that I'm not telling the person what to believe but I'm just I'm just basically sharing cues or or um clues Mm -hmm. and they're the ones that are uh, tuning into like the answers Mm -hmm. and that's kind of how I like to read is that I want to not be the person's telling them but for them to almost like awaken to whatever's internally inside them Mm -hmm. um but now how people can um and develop so but and tuning into your own intuition so tuning into other people's energy like when i do my oracle readings or even in the astrology readings I often say I'm a rubbish astrologer. I really am just an intuitive. I think I could have read tea leaves or, you know, it just happens to be the chart is a bit of an excuse to tune in, like to look at this thing and then tune in and just sense things. Uh, and I never know. So I resonate with what you, what you say. I never know what it is that I'm tuning into. The meaning is stays with them. So the truth is always with them. And I always like tell people that like, it's, you have to be really careful when you're engaging with someone who's reading for you, that the answer like is yours and the truth is yours to, to decide even, but when you're tuning into your own intuition, so not into other people's energy, because that feels very different. What does that look like for you? Um, Cause I'm sure it's second nature. Like, you know, if, Mm-hmm. I, I've thought about it. And so I know uh, I was actually sharing recently that I remember, which is so crazy to believe, but I remember a time probably about 10 years ago, or if no, no, maybe more, um, where I literally like, you know, how people make like wish lists for the new year. I was like, I want to be connected. That was my word, connected. And for me, what meant connected was connected to myself and to my intuition and to my helpers, but I didn't know really what that meant. I had no idea what intuition being connected (laughs) looked like. And now it's like so second nature, but 
I also resonate with what you said was that it actually was one, the commitment, like the intention, and then the practice over time. And then there's a point where you realize, oh, actually I am. But you, when you've disconnected from that, it's true that it requires practice and learning and reading and exploring things to find what actually is your language. But yeah, I'm just curious, like what, what your practice of connection to yourself looks like. Mm. So for me, I have four pillars of um, like practice, I would say spirit, spiritual practice that um, has always helped me to kind of get back into that groove of um, being really in tune with that intuitive spirit knowing part of myself. Um, one is yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it's because um, I hold a lot of energy in my body tension. Mm-hmm. And with yoga, it allows me to not only, um, I think, just as a general um, rule, I feel that if your physical body is not in good condition, then it's really hard to um, relax into like the intuitive part of yourself. And so um, being healthy, or relatively healthy is important for that reason. So having like a physical practice, whatever, you know, works but for me yoga works really well I've tried different things Mm -hmm. and just the uh, the breath and the physical movements um tai chi is a little bit too slow for me (laughs) Mm -hmm. and um I think some other movements are a little bit too fast so I just like that so that's uh the physical part spirit Mm -hmm. connection uh reading is a big one as well I think that um it allows me to kind of shift in my mind um and I, and I try to read multiple books at one time for this reason as well. I don't really stick to one book. I usually have like 10 to 15 books I'm reading at that one time. Mm-hmm. And I'll be shifting in between them, depending on what, again, this is like practice of intuition, but whatever my intuition is calling out to me, I'll mm-hmm. read um, where I left off. And it's always a message for me waiting. I mm-hmm. never know why, but there's just a book waiting for me. So even trusting like that, that's very low risk mm-hmm. trust. But I think it's, an, again, a practice of intuition, you know, within mm-hmm. the spiritual okay. practice. So Um, So I read a little bit and then I'll usually stop whenever I feel like, okay, I think I've had enough. And then that always leads into journaling. And so journaling is where I start to digest whatever I've just read or whatever I'm sensing. Um, And I try to journal um, regularly, at least once a day or once every other day. And it could be about anything, but I usually have something that's kind of been gnawing at me and so I'll I'll write it out and then that usually leads to some nation or something that I'm you know like oh I didn't realize that so it's almost like I'm doing a reading on myself while journaling but not really realizing Mm -hmm. um and so I really love that is kind of um and I've tried typing it's just not the same it's like something about the hand to the paper Mm -hmm. that's really powerful so um I do that and then um lastly meditation I think is the fourth uh, pillar. And so meditation, I have to be honest in that I'm not as regular as I used to be. And I wish I was, and I try to go back to it. But again, the, I think when I'm not mentally um, emptied, so journaling, writing, Mm -hmm. uh, when I'm not physically comfortable yoga, the meditation is very difficult for me. So it's almost like I have to have those lined up first Mm -hmm. before I can really go into deep meditation. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, those are some of the things that really help with building my intuition and um, just staying, I think, focused. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you describe the, you know, the auditory, you know, the, is it clairaudient, get the mm-hmm. word in English to describe, you know, hearing. Um, 
your intuition how does it express itself do you feel it as physical sensations is it hearing is it you know smell like or is it a bunch of those different things or you know images that come to mind um i would say for me it's mainly three so physical um sensations uh visualizing so seeing actual visuals mm -hmm. and then like an in, like an inner knowing so mm -hmm. just um as if i'm like telepathically getting mm -hmm. um like messages uh so those are the three sometimes hearing but i would say that's not my strong one um mm -hmm. Only once in a while, and it's usually not for other people. It's for myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I I hear, which is always mm -hmm. weird. You know, it's a thing to say to people. Like, I heard, you know, like this podcast. I heard this podcast. You know, well, I didn't realize it was the podcast that needed to be done, mm -hmm. uh, because I think also, and and you say this a lot, is this idea of curiosity, remaining, you know, curious constantly, and just following the thread of this intuition and seeing where it leads us without. Uh, I love that you didn't have a plan that you had all sorts of jobs and, you know, that you were kind of going with the flow because I think a lot of, you know, we are raised in this world to think that we all should have a plan and a path, a purpose is this very clear, clear path that gets illuminated and we're, oh, well, I found my purpose. You know, it's like, <laughs> no, it's not. And you might change again. And I've even watched over the course of the last couple of years with you, you know, change and try different things and then go back to other things, you know? So it's really, I think, reassuring, I'm sure, for people who hear us to be like, okay, it doesn't need to, it doesn't need to be clear and, you know, all planned out just to trust it and follow it. Um, you said that this therapist had shared the idea of like a book. Are there other teachers or helpers that have helped you on your path, whether they are, you know, a physical form, human form or, or symbolic that, um, that you still really connect with today? Mm, so for me, I had a lot of, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I think it's sh shame. Mm -hmm. um in the way that I was um the whole being intuitive and sensing and just being I always felt like I was not of this world mm. um there was a lot of shame in that and so I never could find someone that I I can relate with or feel like you know they're my teacher or um I sought out people thinking that you know, maybe, um, but I've always, it always kind of felt a little bit, um, like it fell short of what I was um, hoping. Mm -hmm. And so I found that my teachers a lot of times were a combination of um, different spiritual writers or monks or um, even everyday individuals, but I noticed that it, I'd be piecing things together. So kind of what you were saying about um, knowing that the reading that you're receiving is your truth similar to that I think that with me all the literature that I've read I don't 100% believe all of it and I only believe it after I experience it and put it to the test mm -hmm. and if it passes the test and I see it from my own eyes that it's truth then I incorporate it into my own truth as mm -hmm. you know as my being so I can't say that I have one teacher or a few teachers that I've kind of um looked up to it was just more 
what they taught. Mm-hmm. And within the teachings that they were sharing, there were bits and pieces that spoke to me. Mm-hmm. And so I would bring that into my world. Um, and so even to this day, I feel that um, there are amazing teachers out there and there are those that stick out. So for example, like the Dalai Lama is one that um, I feel like a lot of what he says I can relate to, but I don't believe everything he says. I cannot, I can't take in everything he says, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so similar to that, I don't think I ever tell any one person to follow oh, this teacher or this mm-hmm. guide or this religion or this or even a spiritual path, like do this. Mm-hmm. But it's always like, seek out many things. Find out for yourself what speaks to you. If it's one teacher, great. You know, that's great. If there's one teacher that resonates with you, then follow that teacher, you know, until the time comes where maybe you outgrow them or maybe you want something else. But for myself, um, it's it's not enough to just, um, I guess, have one path. And that's why it's been difficult, I think, for me. My, both of my parents are Buddhist lay monks. Mm-hmm. And I think they've always, um, I don't know about now, but I think uh, when I was younger, they hoped that I would have followed their spiritual religious path. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, even religion too, is that uh, although I do align myself a lot with Buddhism, it's just, there's just so much more mm-hmm. that I'm looking for that um, it's not enough, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if that makes sense mm-hmm. not to say buddhism is not enough it's just i'm looking for more um uh, i guess the way that i'm seeing is like it's almost like holographic where you know uh buddhism teaches a lot about like the spirit and the earth but i want to see like the other parts of it like the side of it the behind of it mm-hmm. above it below it you know and sometimes one religion can't describe all of these things. It might be some something else that somebody mm-hmm. says that's completely like, I don't know, like way out there, mm-hmm. but it makes complete sense to me. It's like, oh, that makes sense. That's why this teaching was talking about this. And I'm learning about, let's say, Buddhism from like somebody else that's like, I don't know, teaching about who knows what, like tarot cards or something. Mm-hmm. So that's what I love is that um, all of all of the things that we understand as truths are not necessarily from like one teacher, but that it's taught through different people in different ways, different languages. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's up to us to figure out what resonates with, you know, our being Mm -hmm. um, and putting that together. I don't know if that answers your question. It does. It does. (laughs) And what's really apparent when we listen to you is, uh, you know, I'm I'm always also thinking in terms of like hero's journey. And I, I see you as this explorer, not, um, you know, the, the explorer archetype, not as the explorer that goes off necessarily physically, but in intellectual sense, you have, and if I'm not mistaken, you have your um, Mercury in Gemini. I, I should go check your chart after, but I think it's this so. idea, yeah, which is this idea of just being really curious and really open and seeing things like different sides of things, you know, the, the, introverted side, the visible side, the unseen world, you know, it all exists for you. And that, that idea of, of exploring and thinking and seeing beyond just the one way keeps coming back when I, when I listen to you. It's, it's uh, yeah, I think that, and, and it's interesting because I know you're not a Gemini, but that Mercury is really strong because you have that playfulness, even though you mm-hmm. speak about serious things. I mean, we didn't really go so much into the 
the story of your burnout, but it was a very scary time. And, Mm -hmm. and yet you transmute these things through, you know, curiosity. And I think it's a level of deep faith, you know, trust uh, that you have. Um, Yeah, which I find having a Gemini son, they tend to be very playful in that sense, but also very serious. They can hold the end, you know. I do have a lot of Gemini in my chart. (laughs) Yeah, I don't remember, but I know that there's the Mercury. I do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you are a teacher. They are the student and teachers for us all. I wanted to ask you whether you, because the stories of becoming are also about acknowledging our shadow and this divine feminine energy that has been really cut off. And that is the intuition has been you know, cut off. I really believe that uh, I was reading Dane Ridgeord, who is a, um, a bit like the Jung for astrology. He was a spiritual uh, astrologer and he was describing at the beginning of his book, he says that he believes that we, and this was in the sixties, he believed that we were as a humanity in the autumn, in the fall of our, you know, uh, of our beingness. And Demetra George, who talks about the dark moon and the divine feminine, speaks of us being in this dark moon time collectively. And that's why the feminine was quiet, because it, it's that quieting down. And I believe that we are in this rising and that's why people are more and more curious about intuition and, and, you know, about herbalism and witchcraft and, you know, alternative spirituality, all these things, because this is rising. So we're moving from this fall into the winter, but to move to the spring. And so this isn't about gender. This is about, you know, energetics. Do you, do you, I mean, one, does that resonate with you? Just curious. And do you feel that in your own journey, you have sensed this own, that transformation within yourself? Uh, I would say, yes, it definitely resonates with me what you're saying, because I've, I've always wondered, again, I always felt like I was not of this earth, but um, if I were to have Uh, chosen a time to come in my form right now and with all the different gifts I guess that I brought with me um, that now is the time because all of my interests all of the things that I put my energy into I think falls right into this transformative like feminine um, rising um, time in you know in the planet Um, But the interesting thing is that I never really experienced this uh, feminine energy until I gave birth to my daughter. Mm. Um, And it was like in plain sight, (laughs) like really, Um, because even now I I was having a conversation with a really good friend, actually, um, that I feel that I'm very um, in between. Like I've, I've always thought that I'm not... Like I, I would tell my friends, like, I'm not really girly. I'm a girl, mm-hmm. but I'm not really girly. <laughs> I'm attracted to like a lot of things that like, quote unquote, guys are attracted to, you know. Um, and so I've always been in this like neutral zone in that way. Mm-hmm. And I do feel that even with myself, too, when I look at myself, like, I know that there's times where I enjoy like, um, being in like that feminine energy and that, you know, and really um, experiencing that. But um 
I also know that there's parts of me that are very masculine and that whole, mm-hmm. that energy comes through. And so, um, but becoming a mother and going through natural birth and um, seeing what like the physical female body can do and what that means as far as like awakening the feminine energy within, mm. it was just so powerful and just primal mm. and but intuitive, strong, but so nurturing. Like, I mean, all the things that you um, traditionally equate to feminine energy, it just happens in that instant when you are giving birth. It's just crazy. Um, and so that's when I realized the power of um, like the, the divine feminine and how that relates to like the earth and what that means in terms of um, mm, like nurturing other people's souls and like how to interact with other people and community and connection and all these things that I think um, like the feminine energy is about, mm-hmm. you know, the things that I feel like are broken in this world right now um, are very important. And also things that I feel strongly about now. Um, and maybe it's also because after I hit my forties, I don't know. I feel like that's a big shift too, for me, this whole mm-hmm. feminine energy coming in um, mm-hmm. and it's it's so funny like my physical body I'm looking at it and before I felt it's like a, a lot more neutral where like my hips weren't that wide and <laughs> you know I was honestly I just felt like I was just a very like ne- not really feminine not very masculine but just like a neutral mm-hmm. <laughs> but even things like that where I see like my hips widening and you know I'm um just like my physical being feels like the feminine energy and then you know all these other things happening it's just um and when I hit my 40s it's like that whole nurturing and teaching and supporting and community all these things um became more important to me Mm -hmm. so i don't question the the shift that's happening on the planet right now um i do feel that how do i word this what i'm sensing i do feel that it's going to take some time before people uh, understand the gravity of like what that means and mm-hmm. why that's important to the survival of our human race to be honest mm-hmm. like I think it's that important mm-hmm. um, the, the feminine feminine energy and what that means to the healing of the planet but um, but that aside um, I, I just feel that uh, the shift that's happening is um, coming at a time where people are ready and wanting it's just uh there's I think there needs to be like a bridge you know for people like yourself and others who are very in tune to this to help those who are seeking to kind of make the jump over Um, because I think people are seeking but they just don't know like what that feels like what that means what does that Mm -hmm. look like there's some like fear involved Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I, I do sense a lot of that it's interesting that you bring up fear because I, I do think that we have, and maybe this is the witch wound, you know, I don't know, but this kind of, you know, collective subconscious fear of, you know, being different, of being intuitive, of being healers, of being whatever, you know? And so we've, we've experienced because I, our, our cells do hold memory. I mean, this is, I remember when, when, when my dad was sick with Alzheimer's, I, I love the, I mean, I experienced the fact that if you touch someone, 
their cells hold memory. So if you hold someone, even if they don't have memory in the mind, their physical, you know, cells do. So, you know, I, I just saw that. I didn't need to, but when I read it, I realized. So anyways, all this to say, we probably hold the memory of the fear and, you know, the oppression of having this mm. intuitive feminine energy within ourselves. And so I think people are afraid um, but there's such strength and indeed I you know I think you're right maybe maybe in a way this podcast is also that is the bridge this is another bridge for people to not be afraid and be empowered and realize that in the everyday rituals we reconnect to ourselves and we reconnect to earth my connection to divine feminine is not a religious thing at all it's actually mm -hmm. very nature-based um mm -hmm. you know almost animist in that sense and so i i really resonate with what you say about this need to connect to her to protect her and in mm -hmm. so doing protect ourselves yeah because i i mean it's I, I see it from so many angles like you know people trying to connect connect you know but um because we've been not for so long um it's just like don't know how you know and there's mm -hmm. not a lot of people who are out there I think it's easy to talk about it mm -hmm. but the how you know and kind of as you were saying in the early in the podcast of how does one awaken their intuition how does one build upon the intuition um, I think it's the same thing like how does one awaken or reconnect back to their feminine divine what does that look like you know it and how to get past that fear of like the unknown um you know, it's and it's uh it's not just about like oh we need to recycle or like or yeah. we need to like you know yeah. I mean yes yes <laughs> definitely yes but um <laughs> but you know what I mean? but I think it's a more fundamental mental shift yes that um people are looking for uh through their everyday actions like uh, yeah again you know people who are out there trying to maybe start like their own garden farm you know grow their own vegetables people who are looking to to um kind of like uh decrease their their footprint on the planet you know all these things that people are trying to do I feel like we're all kind of going in that direction mm -hmm. but fundamentally there's I don't know if there's anybody um really who's kind of driving the kind of what you're saying about whole the whole um internal shift mm -hmm. why are we doing these things like why are we seeking it you know mm -hmm. what what is it about this like that is so important oh oh it's because we're trying to protect the planet that we're living on <laughs> mm -hmm. oh we're trying to reconnect back with the truth the 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 balance within ourselves you know we've been living in such the masculine side mm -hmm. for so long that you know there is other part of us that have, has almost been forgotten mm -hmm. what it what is that about you know things like that I think um there's not a lot of mainstream I think material out there the, of course you know people who seek spiritual guidance there's a lot out there but from what I understand it's not as accessible to people who are let's say not very into the spiritual mm -hmm. like you know what does that language even look like to them I mean how would they even understand mm -hmm. feminine energy if they don't they don't their intuition is like not even yeah, zero. You know? Zero. Yeah. yeah. It's like, how mm -hmm. do you, where do you even start? You know, things like that. It makes me think like, you know, there's a lot of work yeah. to be done. Um, you know, one sense. of the first things that was suggested to me. So while I was going through my burnout, mm -hmm. I was working in leadership training and 
uh, this one week, two of my clients who were in this room, and these were like, you know, uh, corporate managers, you know, started talking about tree hugging. And I was like, this is weird. Like, and so I stopped one of them. I said, I'm sorry, but you're the second person to talk to me about tree hugging. And I just didn't assume that this, you know, man in this shirt, you know what I mean? Like the traditional type would be. And I was like, what is that? I didn't even know what it was. I was like, I'm sorry, but can you explain to me what is tree hugging? <laughs> and so he's like, oh, well, you know, and he kind of explained. And I thought, I was like, okay, I need to look into this. And then I saw this lady in my street sitting in front of a tree, like not hugging, but communing with the tree. And I was like, this is the weirdest thing. And so I started exploring, you know, Google, I don't, you know, Google tree hug. And, but you know, like I like journaling and tree hugging are two of the things that I recommend to people tree hugging because people feel so awkward and strange when they do it. Like, I'm not going to go tree hug. What if someone sees me that it pushes them outside of their comfort zone and the magic of hugging a tree when you find a tree that you can come is just, it's a hug. A hug is, it's one of those underrated things. Hugging is, you know, medicine. Um, and then the journaling, because it really, even if, I mean, in the artist's way, that's what she prescribes is like every day, three, three pages a day. And I often in sessions recommend people, you know, start a journaling practice if only to get out of their own way and to see, mm -hmm. you know, what it is. So those would be like the two things that I, I would recommend as practices. Are there any that you would, because we've shared a lot of different things already in this conversation. Is there one or two things that you would um, share as practices or rituals that people might want to explore? Yeah, I mean, I would say if it's for people who are just starting out with like, kind of like how you said, you know, like tree hugging, what the heck is that? Like, if that's where people are starting, <laughs> yeah. then um, there is, uh, there's two that came up and they're all, they're both kind of in the same realm. But um, in J Japanese, there's this thing called shinrin ryoku, which is literally translated to um, like bathing in the trees, mm. uh, bathing in, in the forest. So uh, if there is, if, if tree hugging is a little bit still of a barrier, then <laughs> even... <laughs> <laughs> but even walking in um, like a forest or even um, a row of trees or a place where there's just a lot of trees, there's just so much within there, like um, the scent, the sound, mm -hmm. you know, um, and being kind of in within a different realm, you know, because if you're inside trees, it's like you're not really and you want to try to deal with there's like not a lot of people mm -hmm. um, because it's almost like you're sucked into this other world, you know, mm -hmm. and and you start to feel things that maybe you don't because it's very quiet in that in that sense. And you start to sense and feel things that maybe you didn't really notice before. And I feel like that's always kind of a good way to begin. It's just getting out similar to you. It's like getting out of your element. And if you don't have that, but maybe there's an ocean near you, then I would say that's, you know, another way is like going near the ocean, hearing the waves, feeling the, the, you know, kind of like the ocean water, not mm -hmm. literally splash on you, but like, even like the, you know, the, mm -hmm. um, how do you say it? The ocean mist. Yeah. You know, um, but anything where you're you're in conversation without having to literally do it, but you're placing yourself in a situation where you can't avoid having a conversation with nature. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's such a great way to like one, put you out of your element, two, quiet quieting your mind. Um, because nature and the planet is just so much bigger than ourselves that it almost takes over. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I would say that's one thing that people can try um other things that i found I, I found that was nice to like break things up is um vocalizing so uh one thing that my vocal teacher taught me that i thought was like really 
funny and healing at the same time, and you could do it by yourself in the bathroom, is like you just make funny noises like, you know, anything. And it's just, um, you're speaking but, French, <laughs> <laughs> but you don't think, you know, it's, it's not thinking, it's just expressing sound. And what that does is one, it's just hilarious. And so you realize like you can kind of get out of that seriousness of yourself. Um, and two, it helps to, again, through the voice and the sounds, it helps to break up whatever is around you. And through that, you start to realize things that you might not even notice about yourself. Like, oh, why am I making that noise? And then you, you, you actually start picking up a rhythm, which is pretty funny. Um, Mm -hmm. and so that's one, another thing that I would suggest people trying, um, in order to, uh, how do I say it? Like, get into themselves more, mm-hmm. you know, cause a lot of times, like you said, it's, it's almost like you have to find ways to get out of your way in order to tune in, mm-hmm. in the beginning. Cause there's so much blockage, mm-hmm. you know, that we need to clear out. Um, and the third thing I tell people is if those two things are just too much and you really only have a few minutes, um, then I always say, do like a breathing. Um, and it doesn't have to be like a technique or anything like special, mm-hmm. just, breathe <laughs> yes. you know? and um and in different patterns like and it could be like or like or you know anything mm-hmm. but it's um to feel alive and being in your body and to know that this life force you know breath is a part of ourselves and um and and being with ourselves in that way. I think it doesn't have to be, again, philosophical. It could just be a mm-hmm. mechanical thing at first. Mm-hmm. But the breath is so spiritual in itself because it is our life force mm-hmm. that you can't help but start having thoughts. And then if you had a journal next to you or if you have something to jot things down, that's when you start to write or record your voice. I always tell people um, if something comes to mind, don't think about it. Just record it and like leave it aside. Yes. And then after that session, review. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you can start to dissect and Mm -hmm. digest. So I would say those are some things that are kind of fun ways to um, explore getting back into yourself and reconnecting. Mm, Lovely. In fact, earlier when you said about meditation, as a mother of two young children, I don't really have time like before. But I've also found during COVID, um, you know, in the pandemic, I found meditation much harder and I move towards more, you know, embodied practices such as breath work. I really, breath work just allows me to kind of tune in much easier than meditation does. Um, but yeah, I think that those two things are really important. Mm-hmm. I have one last question, I think. It is um, around kind of, I, I spoke about teachers, but I was wondering if you have any helpers or anything that you use or like tools these could you know tools could be helpers that help you in your own journey not only as an intuitive but just as a as a human sure uh so i use um a multiple of tools and again it's just similar to my books it's whatever's calling to me i tend to keep a lot of tools around me so that whatever calls to me i have it on hand so i have a good collection of crystals i'm very called to crystals um and i feel like i've used them in past lives before so i'm i'm Mm -hmm. not in any way knowledgeable about them a lot of times i don't even know the name of the crystal that i'm holding but 
I just have many different ones that have resonated with me throughout the, the years that I carry with me or work with when I'm in meditation. Sometimes I just put it on an area of my body if I need um, to release like a block. Um, and then I have uh, two decks of um, Oracle cards, one deck of tarot cards that I keep on hand uh, if I need to use that um as a tool and again this is just um I'm, I'm not like a tarot reader so I just use very simple techniques and then I also uh let's see let me think other tools that I use oh tuning forks has been a recent addition to my collection and that really helps when I need to block uh if I have a block and I need to really release the block mm -hmm. Um, out of my physical body so that, that really has helped a lot um, let's see what other tools do I use mm. I can see how the tuning fork would work for you because of that kind of sensitivity to vibration and sound mm -hmm. you know like mm -hmm. yeah it works it works a lot um, let me think if there's any other tools that I use like regularly that come to mind and are there like maybe just to help you um mm -hmm. are there any you know for me when we moved to the countryside i had an owl come to visit me and i had a, an olive tree in our garden and oh. they really became mm -hmm. you know friends and guides um you know the key to move inwards not and so are there any tools or helpers in, in that way with you oh yes so um an owl is actually mine as well I, we, I, we have an owl that um comes at night and lives in one of our trees and so when I listen there's two actually they like to talk together mm -hmm. so I love listening to them and when I it's a lot of times it's when I'm having my yoga practice they'll be talking and having a, like a conversation <laughs> and so <laughs> like they're and it's like Hoo -hoo. so um i'll listen to them and it's funny because that will open up a lot of um a lot of thoughts in my mind as i'm flowing through my practice um i do have a guardian angel by the name um they told me their name is arael a-r-a-e-l um and so i call upon my guardian angel uh when um a lot of times actually i speak to my guardian angel a lot um, and then also, uh, I have my Palladian family mm -hmm. who I've met through meditation, um, mother, father, sister. <laughs> and so, um, I do, I honestly, I do, uh, feel myself, um, connected to like star beings and of that whole realm. Um, there's a few that I feel are more ancestral and I do feel direct connection with, um, a few star beings as well. Um, and they do come to me. Um, time you know here and there whether most of the time it's a meditation sometimes it's in dreams mm -hmm. um, otherwise I feel that um, my sometimes I get messages from butterflies that's my animal um, spirit and so I do get messages um, critical times from mm -hmm. them um, yeah I, I also sense that um, for me there's just so much that I receive kind of, I don't want to say like from nothing specific, but I know it's from the universe, but the universe is so vast yeah. that it's hard for me to pinpoint, but I do get a lot of guidance. And I always say, thank you universe. I don't know where it's coming from, but mm -hmm. maybe one day I'll know, but I do get a lot of guidance from something out there 
Um, and I'm, I'm still searching for where that is. It could just be the universe. I don't know, but. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or yourself. Yes. Or myself. Although, although if I say it's myself, I would feel pretty, pretty like, wow, really? I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, I, 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 I mean, I, as a kid used to talk about the universe. Mm. So, you know, other people would talk about God or whatever. And for me, it was always the universe. Mm-hmm. And as I grow older, I feel like it's just, you know, these concepts that as a kid, I was connected with this idea mm-hmm. of like this oneness of you know that thing we are we are quite literally made of stardust like we are made mm-hmm. of the same thing and we look mm-hmm. at these things in wonder and awe but it's all you know mm-hmm. very musical it you know I heard the you must have seen this thing where they they uh, grab the sound of uh you know of the mm-hmm. universe and just mm-hmm. you know it's this is us it is it is. Satsuki, I think I'm, these are all the things I wanted to kind of share and I appreciate you letting me flow with you and sharing all of this because I know that despite you being really generous, you are a very uh, private person and uh, it's not an easy exercise to open up your heart to strangers on the internet. <laughs> uh, so, you know, thank you for trusting me. Can you maybe share if there's anything that's happening? Maybe there's a sale of your works coming up. Uh, I will have the links to your website and your Instagram in the notes, but is there any you know, thing that you'd like to maybe share specifically or some parting words to those who are listening to us? Sure. Um, thank you for recognizing um, and understanding this, this part of myself where I love connecting with people, but at the same time, yes, I'm very private and it's always... Um, like a balance that I, I have to be mindful of, um, again, in order to not burn out. Um, and I feel that, you know, with those who are in search of or and or trying to reconnect back, that it could be triggered by, for myself, like a health scare, or for some people losing a loved one, or some pivotal moment in their life where they realize, oh, there's a part of me that I've forgotten, or there's a part of me that I'm in search of. But when that time and that calling comes, there will always be someone or something waiting to, to hold your hand and waiting to be kind of there to guide you. And I, I, I find that we're all kind of wondering what our purpose in, is like in life is, or like, what am I supposed to do? Or am I doing the right thing? You know, and all these questions are as legitimate as it is. I, I sense that when the timing is right and when things align, it just happens. Mm. And so there is something to be said about being prepared for that moment. Yes, because I truly believe that the universe will orchestrate things when the timing happens and aligns when you are ready for it. So mm-hmm. what we have to do is prepare for it. But we don't have to like stress ourselves out and be like, oh my gosh, why am I not progressing fast enough? Or, oh my gosh, like, you know, this person is doing this and I'm not doing this. And like, you know, I'm just get mm-hmm. so overwhelmed and crazy. I mean, I do it all the time. So I'm, I'm talking to myself <laughs> as I say this. 
because I have to remind myself like hold on <laughs> but that yes you know we are getting older um, we have limited time on this planet as our current self but at the same time no matter what we might rush to do what we might think we have to do if the timing doesn't align it's not going to happen and when the timing does align things swiftly come together mm. And so all we have to really focus on is, one, what do we feel like is aligning with us now? Is it spending time with our family? Is it taking care of ourselves? Is it just resting? Is it, or is it getting into motion, you know, putting things into action? Whatever that is, to honor that. Just simply honor that. And whether you can do it, some people can't too. So whether you can do it or not is, is, is not the issue. It's just acknowledging that. Because that is what will, will begin that journey, that path. It's almost like you're pushing the start button just mm-hmm. by acknowledging it. And that will lead to the next thing. And you don't have to force it. You don't have to do anything. It's just, okay, this is what I feel like I need to be doing right now. Mm-hmm. And whatever happens after that, it will happen in, in whatever way that it sh- it, it's meant to happen. You know, um, So I think that's the biggest lesson I've been learning is to take a step back. I mean, push the start button, yes prepare as much as possible within my own, you know, within my own capacity. But other than that, allowing things to just fall into place. It might not be as we had imagined, but but it could be even better. Yes, it yeah. always is better. It always is better. <laughs> it always is better. Um, and I think that element of surprise of what makes it even sweeter is like, oh, that's even... Like that's even better than I expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't matter how old we are. It doesn't matter how much life experiences we've had. It doesn't matter if, you know, someone is more intuitive than the other person. All of this doesn't matter because we all are living the life that, you know, we are meant to live. I mean, that's kind of how I say it, but it not really meant, I guess, but that's just our life path. Mm. Um, and so my parting words are, um, as simple as it may sound, it's quite difficult, but just simply honoring ourselves, honoring the path that we are meant to live, making the space and time to possibly uh, align with these things, just doing these simple things can open up like infinite possibilities for our lives. And it doesn't matter if you know, we have no experience in like the direction that we want to go, you know, because experience will come, we're going to go there, we're going to do it. So that'll be our experience anyway. Mm. (laughs) So it's just uh, giving ourselves the permission to do that. And that's how it has been with my art practice. That's how it's been with um, many of the spiritual teachers that I've um, had the chance to read and get to know. Um, The many people that I look up to, the many people that I respect and honor as people, um, including you, Sarah, I I feel that that's when I look at their lives and the way that they live, I feel like like that's truth, you know, Mm -hmm. that that is truth, that they are allowing the life that they're meant to live to unfold in a way that's not contrived or forced, um, but it's just truly them. Uh, and so I hope that, you know, through this conversation that, you know, if people get a chance to listen to it, that if anything they take away from it is that, you know, just by 
breathing and being and accepting and allowing that that's enough that's more than enough to get things in motion you know mm. in whatever direction whether it's more rest whether it's more doing you know but that's it and um and that's enough to awaken uh, whatever it is that you know is is needing like a little nudge uh, and mm, yeah it's, and i yeah sorry go ahead i was gonna say it's beautiful because your words are what you experience yourself you know mm-hmm. accepting yourself as you were and then uh healing of course and then letting things unfold in the ways in this artwork you know that appeared for you that you hadn't necessarily thought of so um, yeah we share wisdom from i think experience the best because you are you know a living embodied reflection of of the uh, not advice but of the words that you are sharing with those that listen mm-hmm. and aren't we so lucky that you did that because now we can you know experience your I can't imagine the world without your art. It's that would have been that would have been such a pity. So. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, um, I actually will be releasing um, new paintings in November, uh, but after that, I have a feeling that um, I'm going to be going inward a lot more, and so not as much works um, on the outside but a lot more work happening on the inside. Mm. Um, so if there's anybody that is interested in any works, this, this new series actually I'm very excited about. Um, it's, um, it's been in the works for a while. And mm-hmm. so I hope people can enjoy it. And then um, if there's anything that calls out, then if you feel like collecting them, I would be more, on, I'd be more than happy that um, it'll be part of someone's home or wherever they've decided to put it. Can you tell us a little bit about the the new body of work? Sure. Um, so I can't I can't say the title yet because it hasn't yes, been released. But yes. um, the work has to do with um, my studies into like uh, like the galactic how do I say it? like the galactic realm, mm-hmm. um, bringing like more of like the universal energies. Because um, I do a lot of energy painting, but this is I would say more specific mm-hmm. to um, like multi-dimensional realms and uh if people are into um again like you know mm, other beings and things like that that's kind of like what this next body of work is about so uh it's definitely more of yeah of like out very very out there and um of that type of energy so kind of like you're talking about like we're all made of stardust but yeah definitely more in that direction (laughs) 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 I wish I could tell more but (laughs) no no we'll we'll wait Uh, the podcast will be released in a month so I think it's you know the new moon uh the next new moon let me think we are recording this under the new moon in September so end of October people will hear this so just in time for your release yes and uh, we are in the Libra new moon where we are invited really. So your words, you know, resonate with the energy of this moment, which is to acknowledge that the things that bloom start really with an intention. It doesn't, you know, the, the doing and the, the external things, those things take time, like flowers that grow and, you know, but the seed, the planting 
is the most important part is the that kind of desire or acknowledgement rather of what it is that we know that we need and that we want um, is really our greatest invitation at this moment so you're very aligned with the astrology oh i'm glad to hear that i'm really <laughs> excited um anytime uh i i hear about you know kind of like your guidance then i'm always like hmm, and it makes me it makes me think like looking looking out for it you know <laughs> mm. so i'm glad to hear that alliance so satsuki thank you so much for having been with us today thank, thank you. you so much for the invitation it was uh, really lovely being able to talk together with you about all the many things i'm definitely going to be journaling later <laughs> <laughs> me too <laughs> So to all of you who are listening, thank you again, as always, for being here. Don't be shy. Look Satsuki up on internet and below for the links. We'll add the decks that Satsuki likes because we didn't name them, but we'll add them now. And before or until we meet again, send you all lots of love and be well. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Satsuki Shibuya. The synchronicity of this conversation and the trusting of the intuition in the way that we shared it with you i hope that you will resonate with it this two-part conversation what i take from it and what i marvel at is the idea that we spoke so much about truth in fact in the first one without even knowing that that was the question that i would ask everyone else afterwards would have the courage to ask satsuki was already speaking a lot about the truth our truth and how we connect to it how intuition and divine feminine is a path to it, and how it can be an original and quirky, non-gendered, more fluid, more curious, uh, weird even, way of doing, so embracing that part of ourselves. I also love that we are airing this under this Taurus new moon at the start of Gemini season. This was again not something I planned, and yet it reinforces this idea again of curiosity, of duality, of the shadow, the light, the pain, the joy, the other, the self, but also of taking care of these intentions that we set, understanding that they take time, and the deep connection with the earth. If the Taurus new moon and these eclipses in Taurus with the nodes here are teaching us is that how we value this earth that we live on is also how we value all things. Satsuki expands this idea to be beyond even the unseen on our earth, but far greater into the universe. So I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I did. Don't hesitate to share, uh, send messages, replies, ask questions for future episodes. As always, thank you from the bottom of my heart and make the most of this energy. Remember that the magic is in yourself, that the stardust is you.